When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome into another episode of Hockey Royalty Live, the official podcast of HockeyTRoyalty.com. We're going to be talking about the previous homestand, some injuries, some new call-ups, the scoring for the team on the power play and five-on-five, the upcoming road trip, and the move to Clark to left D puzzling here. So we got a lot to talk about, so get in the chat, like and subscribe, you know what to do. Let's go. All right, guys. Well, it's just going to be Joe and I tonight. We're, you know, giving Russ a night off. Uh, you know, you know, let him sit this one out in the press box before the 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 road trip. So uh, you guys are stuck with just the dynamic duo here. Joe, how are you doing? Uh, okay. This feels like I'm coming down with like the 47th head cold that I've had this this fall slash winter season. It's crazy. People always say when you have kids, like it's just they're walking germs and it's just nonstop. So that's fun. But other than that, uh, appreciate that, Al Smith. It is a nice hat. I actually got this hat at the Hockey Hall of Fame. Oh, really? In Toronto. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, as a matter of fact. I, How are you doing, uh, Randall? I'm doing pretty good. Went golfing today, so I'm sore everywhere. Uh, a little bit sunburnt because I forgot the uh, sunscreen. Nice. So, you know, fresh winter skin on – it's 85. It was 85 to 86 degrees today here in Texas. So it was a nice, beautiful day for – for golf. Uh, and so um, I, you know, shot, what was it? I shot 106, I think, today, but I got my first birdie. So it there was it was a nice little nice little round. Uh, dusting <laughs> off the clubs, it's been three years. Uh, so it, it, it was good. <laughs> uh, no, where's the Dodgers hat? I don't know. It's, it's spring training. Uh, so I'm just kind of throwing. I have, a lot of people don't know, I go on uh, baseball tours i have about 28 of the 30 hats or 27 <laughs> of the 30 so it's spring training i'm just going to kind of un- roll out a different hat every night uh the only hat i will not be wearing are the giants because screw them and i almost maybe, wore the yankee hat. maybe the maybe the rangers or something like that so spring training i just threw on i just grabbed a hat out of there so uh my trip to atlanta was nice it was on a layover by the way so like oh I, we were flying to, to New York, ironically, to go do the New York, New York, Boston leg. And we get to the layover and it was about an hour. And so I went up to the next uh, terminal. I said, hey, do you guys got any people in standby? And they said, yeah, sure. Uh, and so I said, well, what happens if we give up our seats since there's four of us? I was like, do you pay for our hotel? Do you give us money? Like, what? what's the... And he's like, well, I mean... It's too early in the flight to just give you guys money for it, but we will give you the first class out and we would put you in a hotel for the night. So I've made the decision to say yes for the family and we went and bought tickets on StubHub on the phone and nice. got to the game. So that was when the Braves and they were playing the Marlins. So they were both crappy teams. And so they were like $10 tickets and we were two rows behind the Braves dugout. And they ended up winning that game like 15 to two. So my <laughs> arm had arthritis from all the Brave chopping all night. 
but uh it was it was a hell of a night so awesome no that's 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 one way to have a nice decent layover i know so well let's get into it hopefully there's no layover on the way to uh to edmonton i heard there's a big snow flurry up there so fly safe boys but before we get to the upcoming road trip let's talk about the homestand uh kings pull out two out of three games we were hoping for six points out of the easy schedule uh, fell to Nashville in, in the in the mid-game, but come, walks away with two points. Now tied with Edmonton. Edmonton has a game at hand, so Monday night's game is going to be huge. Uh, but let's talk about uh, the team as a whole. What did you guys – what did you see from this homestand? Uh, what do you like going forward with how the, the team is playing? I, th- I thought the Kings kind of got back to playing some really good hockey. I thought they really controlled the game against Columbus. Um, for, I, I thought they really – maybe dominated is a bit of a stretch, but I thought they were in control of that game pretty much from, from puck drop. I, I really liked uh, the way LA came. And I know the first wasn't great. I think they may have been, I don't know if they were down after the first, now I'm foggy at this point, but I, I thought it was okay. Like I thought they came out of it. Okay. I, and I thought they played a really good game. Same thing with Nashville. Like, you know, they played all right. I thought they played a good game against Nashville, and then they've got, you know, they score the two empty netters, the Preds do, so it looks a little worse than it is. They just couldn't finish, and that's been kind of the thing here. Uh, You know, lately is they just haven't found many goals at five-on-five, but uh, I thought overall, and then obviously they they have the game against Anaheim where they dominate the possession. They had 50 shots or whatever it was. which is great, but I know Jim Hiller talked about it after the game, how there was a lot of defensemen that got, I think they had 20 shots amongst the defensemen. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of shots coming from the back end, which, you know, isn't always ideal, but um, the, the finishing at five on five has been an issue, but it was a big two points to come out of it with, uh, against Anaheim to end the road trip with a win, two and one. Again, I don't think the loss in Nashville was like, I don't think they played that bad, um, to be honest with you. It sucks to lose, and the score makes it probably look a little worse than it is. But it was a two-one game with you know three, four minutes left, so uh, they just couldn't finish. Uh, and again, like I said, that's been that's been an issue. Well, let's get into a couple of those. You hit on a couple of micro topics that we're going to be talking about tonight. So let's start with aggressive Hiller. Uh, he's been aggressive in his line changes. He's been aggressive yeah. in changing mid-game, uh, but uh, pretty aggressive on the goalie pull, pulling down one with what was it three twenty-eight or three thirty left in the, in the game. Uh, you tweeted out that you liked that kind of aggressiveness. I do as well. I think, you know, Hey, what's the difference between three and a half minutes or, or one and a half minutes. I mean, you get time to get set up and hopefully you get one through. And the whole point of pulling the goalie is to establish possession down there, uh, and score a goal. And why does it have to be with a minute 30 left versus, versus three minutes left? Right. So, I mean, the empty netter was scored pretty much from all the way across the ice. Yeah. Time is not a factor in that. So explain to me like why you like the the call and and is there any difference? I mean, you're not making that call at the high school level because you're an assistant right. coach, but what what goes into that from a coaching standpoint in your mind? There's a few things and 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 I would th- and I, Hiller may have alluded to this in his comments after the game. It's situational in a way in that I, I don't necessarily like if the kings were breaking out of their own zone with three and a half minutes left. I'm not saying I'm itching to pull the goaltender in that particular spot. However, there was an in-zone face-off. I want to say there was at least one icing. And so the matchup was right. 
you had uh, in-zone face-offs, you can potentially control what happened. And that's a situation, obviously, where the face-off is very important if you're going to pull your goalie. So given the circumstance, I loved it because you had a chance to put your top guys out there against it was either the third or fourth line that was out there for Nashville. That's the opportunity that you do that. Looking from a number standpoint, Evolving Hockey had Nashville with with like three and a half minutes left at 91% to win the game. So when you kind of look at it that way, it's like it, it, people get a little bent out of shape because it's three minutes. It's like, holy cow. Only The only reason they get like that is because forever it's been one minute. And why is it one minute? I don't know. It's just because yeah. that's what people did decades ago. But but really, it was the difference. If you lose 2-1-3-1-4-1, it makes no difference. And I thought Hiller did 100% the right thing by pulling the goalie in that spot, uh, especially with the in-zone face-off. Maybe if there wasn't an in-zone face-off and it was in the flow of play, it's more of like a two-and-a-half-minute pull. Um, I wouldn't have had a problem with it necessarily at the three, three-and-a-half or whatever it was, but but I think he he alluded after the game is maybe a little earlier than he would have, but I, I sense that he's open to being aggressive with that, and that's exactly what you want. Think about, like, there's always com- conversations on Twitter about teams going forward in the NFL on fourth down. Very similar. I want my coach going for it. I want my coach going for two. I want my coach going for fourth downs. I want my po- coach pulling the goalie early uh, if this if the situation presents itself because uh, the numbers suggest that it just it just makes sense. And I think it's way too concerned. Just wait. F- I don't understand the reasoning for waiting for one minute left. Um, it doesn't have to be that way. Like you mentioned at my level, there's oftentimes where there'll be two and a half minutes left. It's a one goal game. There's an end zone face off. We look at each other, the head coach of mine, like, yep, let's do it. You know, or he says, what do you think? And I say, yep. Said so it's maybe early, quote unquote, by conventional standards, but it's like, it, 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 what's the difference? You know, try to go, try to go score a goal. I mean, yeah, you score the goal with 30 seconds in and there's two and a half minutes left and it's five on five hockey and you're playing. To win it still, or we were playing for overtime or, or whatever, you know, like the goal is to to score a goal and match it up to to odds. So like I understand, like I, I would feel weird about it if it was in the flow of play and you're like, okay, that's kind of weird. We didn't really establish any yep, possession, but fair. but in the context of what like you said, uh <clears throat> against in, inferior people on the ice for the other team, we gotta dictate our matchups. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff like that. I mean, I, I liked the, the ball <laughs> nature at that time. Not for nothing. Uh, zero five on five goals that game the Kings had, right? I think the goal they scored was a power play goal. So you're sitting there saying, well, why are you pulling them so early? Well, they haven't scored. And yeah. <laughs> and they only – they like I thought they controlled the, the game. They controlled the pace of play. But I thought Nashville did a really good job of keeping the Kings kind of out of the high danger area. I don't think the Kings – generated a ton of great chances uh particularly in the third period while they had a lot of the scoring shot attempts but i don't think that they had a ton of high danger chances in that period so that's hiller saying we can't really get anything going we're going to try to get something going here we like the matchup there's only three minutes left let's pull them and let's see what happens and i i thought and it's he's always going to look like the idiot when it goes in the net but i'm very much team hiller here i thought that was a great move Let's get to the other part of this uh, aggressiveness here has been the line changes. Um, threw in Jad the other night, even though we we all think Turcotte's been playing well. Yep. Uh, we'll get to the the left side for for Brant Clark because that came from more of injury rather than rather than Hiller himself. Uh, but the aggressiveness in the game, not not being afraid to mix it up if he feels 
um, something's going wrong or something's going right. Uh, we talked about it last podcast about rewarding minutes to to the line that's humming uh, during the game. Now that we've gotten a bigger sample size, how how are you adjusting to the aggressiveness of his line changes mid mid game? I think the biggest thing I like is when is he recognizes if a guy's going, he's going to go. And I think Quentin Byfield played over 20 minutes last night, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, and I think Russ had tweeted it was the first time in his career. Uh, if I if I misquoted Russ, my apologies. But, like, that's the idea of he's recognizing Byfield as the guy. He's driving a lot of the play here. Let's get his ass on the ice as much as possible. So, you know, I think the ability to tweak things. There's been a lot of special teams, it seems, recently. So that re- – that requires a lot of tweaking, you know, in between special teams, whether it's power play and penalty kill. Uh, I'm a John guy, you know, that Anderson Dolan, I, yeah. to beat the dead horse, I wouldn't take him out. I wouldn't put him in for Turcotte, I put him in for Lewis, but never going to happen. So I move on. Um, one more thing with the aggressive Hiller, if we noticed at the end of that Nashville game, <clears throat> now part of this is because of Mikey Anderson's injury. But I think it also speaks to the fact that of how little, I don't know about confidence is probably the wrong word, but we saw Adrian Kempe play defense, play lefty yeah. in, in the offensive zone on an offensive zone faceoff a couple of different times at five on five. Um, love it. Again, why not? You're losing in the game. It's late in the game. You're trying to get something going. You don't have any offensive defensemen because the team doesn't, they, 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 they just not how they built their decor. So, you know, and I don't think Clark had his best game against Nashville. It definitely seemed like he was reluctant to play Clark there late in the game, yeah. uh, even trailing. So I loved it. I love getting Kempe out there on the back end. Why the hell not? So I, I really do like some of the aggressiveness that we're starting to see from Hiller. Yeah, I mean, you run a set play or just have another offensive mind down there. The whole point at the end of the game is to score, right? So um, so let's get into the next the next part here. Which comes that came from the injury. So let's get to the injuries here. Uh, you know, some 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 tough ones. Hold the ninety two coming in here. I feel really bad for RV. Worked all season to get back, and then got injured three games later. Later, non contact too. Seventeen seconds into the game, tough to see uh, him. He goes back on LTIR. They uh, bring Lazat off LTIR. Grunstrom is still on there. So. Uh, Kings are playing a little uh, cat magic right now. Uh, unfortunately, it's because of uh, RV not being able to stay on the ice. But uh, hopefully, they can do something well with it. And he can get back soon for for a playoff run there. But two guys going out. They call up Mavara for the um, for the road trip, and he's been playing hot. Game winning goal the other night for the Rain. He had two goals uh, the night before that. I mean, he hasn't had a scoring touch for for the Kings, but he's lighting the lamp apparently down there in Ontario. Uh, playing some really good hockey. Hopefully, we see him on the road trip. Um, you know, again, not to beat a dead horse for for uh, for England there, and see if we can get some. Uh, he's been playing some decent offensive hockey, Mavara. So, see if we can do something like that, or even just getting more balance. If they don't want to go right to two righties and they circumvent and keep floating yep. Clark and Spence, but Mavara has played really well uh, in when uh, Gavrikov was out, and I think he'll continue to do so if he gets the opportunity. Yeah, just real quick on Arvid. So that sucks. I mean, it's and and whether this is coincidence or whatnot, we've talked about this on this show in the past numerous times. How many times have we seen over the past couple of years an LA Kings player comes back from a lengthy injury only to wind up right back on IR just 
within a week later. It's it's very unfortunate. I don't know what the injury is, of course, but um, it, it sucks because he's he's such an important piece to that top six slash middle six of the lineup that uh, and the power play. Right. He, he's he's mm-hmm. a good player on the power play. So it's a really tough one. And I, I hope he's able to come back at some point. Uh, the Mikey Anderson injury also is a significant one uh, on the back end. The Kings, you know, are thin on the left side as it is. Uh, so to lose Anderson, who is not having a very good season, let's just call a spade a spade. This is not Mikey yeah. Anderson's best season, but he is the Kings you know, top pair D men that they play with Drew Doughty. So, you know, that's a big loss, especially when, when you're thin on the left side, um, to the Moverari thing. So <laughs> I'll be interested to see what happens. Um, reading, I don't know, obviously Jim Hiller, and we haven't seen a, a, a huge sample size of him in terms of his press conferences and the things he says and all this stuff. But boy, I didn't exactly get the warm and fuzzies that Moverari was even going to come close to seeing his equipment on this road trip when he says <laughs> that, that Moverari would join us. And he goes, this is a quote. He goes, join us, I guess, because we can't go on the road with six. Like, which is true. But the way he said it and the way he said, I guess, like, it's like he'll be there as a body just in case. <laughs> but listen, I don't know what else Moverari has to do. His metrics for his NHL career albeit small sample because they he has yet to really get an extended look, have been good. They've always been good. He has stepped in, as you mentioned, in top four minutes before filling in for Gavrikov as, early, as recent as this season and played well. <laughs> he plays well in Ontario. I genuinely don't know what the kid's got to do to get a fair look. He's quite clearly a better option than... Apparently he's got to punch somebody. But- I guess. I mean, it is incredible to me, but we'll see. Hopefully he gets in. I mean, we know the Kings are a little, they don't like this playing all these right shot D apparently. So uh, that may be his saving grace to getting into the lineup is, um, you know, is the fact that they they may not want to see Clark on the left side again or whatever uh, and get the more balanced left, right, left, right. So that could be a reason that he gets in. He should play. I mean, uh, Hmm. he's a very good player defenseman and he's like i said before he's probably the king's third best left shot defenseman in the organization i mean the way mikey anderson's playing this year he might be the second and he might well he's at least the second healthiest right now that's for sure yeah. <laughs> we, can, we can say that so dave, yeah we'll see what happens dave o coming in here gotta keep england uh england in versus oilers uh, or kane and perry will cheap shot la all night so you want some he wants some physicality against edmonton you know what edmonton yeah does do that. So this I'm might sure be I'm sure England being out there will make sure if Vander Kane and Corey Perry won't cheap shot anybody. What logic is that? They're going to cheap shot somebody whether England's out there or not. We realize that, right? That's the way those guys play. You think they're scared of Andreas England? You think Andreas England's going to be on the ice against Vander Kane? We better hope not. Vander Kane's game he will be against around. Perry. He might be against Perry. Perry occasionally has, has been in the top six, which is a little uh, hilarious, athlete. but he, if England, listen, if England's out there against Kane, if England's out there against Kane, that's a win for the Oilers. Okay. You're talking about it, just in, in hockey terms. In not hockey, in, yes. Not in, not in fighting, yes. Yeah, so maybe after the whistle, England looks at him very, very sternly as, as Kane skates back to the bench. 
I know you're being you're being coy here, but no. that, that's how you that's how you truly believe. Yeah, it is. No, it genuinely is. Like, l- listen, I am all for the guys that can play tough that are hard to play against. I want my guys to be hard to play against. It's one of the guys, things that I harped on all season this year with the high school team. Be hard to play against. But you have to be able to play. And if we think that Andreas Englund is, is a good matchup against anybody in Edmonton, we are fooling ourselves. Fooling ourselves. Do you think it's different for a forward versus a defenseman because there's more of them so you can afford to have a guy that's a forward be more of a bruiser i.e like they brought the guy that they brought up rumpf in new york right he's the yeah. new hotness over there three games yeah three fights you know whatever he's he's six seven everything like that do you think it's easier for a team to have a bruiser as a forward because you have that fourth line grinding checking line yeah uh stigma there and all that kind of stuff like that do you think that that's kind of easier because then he's yeah. not as exposed i think it's easier to hide him because I think it's easy. First of all, that fourth line is probably playing what? 10 minutes? It, if that. I, and some of these, and I don't even think it's that much. I mean, some of these, some of the, remember Zach McCune, what was he playing? Three minutes last year when the Kings brought him in. So how much yeah. damage is he going to do in three minutes? Whereas England's going to play double digit minutes. And chances are he's going to spend, let's see, if he plays 11 minutes, he's probably spending eight of them in his own zone. That's a problem. So, you know, that that's where yeah i mean it becomes a much bigger issue especially if you're on the road you know edmonton is going to be looking to exploit those matchups as much as they can uh and it's not going to be hard for them to do that so um yeah that's i i agree with you that if there was a forward you know you can you can you can do that i think that makes a little bit it's a little bit of an easier thing than than a d-man and and i'm i'm all you know that, that's one of the reasons i like grunstrom you know, like I like Rushman because yeah. he hits. He's not a fighter. He doesn't like drop the gloves a lot, but he's tough to play against. He's pesky, and he'll throw the body. He has the second most hits on the team. You know, yeah. so and he and he had the most last year. But like, I, I, the, my favorite prospect for the Kings this last year or whatever that I wanted them to draft, right? Lund, really good with the puck yeah. and not afraid to scrap it up. You know, you have the the Kachucks, right? They do that. The Marshans. Those guys are Kane. Those guys are tough to play against. Yeah, they'll drop the gloves every once in a while, but it's more about being a pain on the ice rather yes. than after the whistle. And and you know, I I like I get it. Like when Corey Perry was available, I was like, you know, if the Kings didn't have Trevor Lewis, I'm I and I have no idea if there was any mutual interest whatsoever. I'm just when I saw that he was available, like that's the type of guy I'm at this. I'm like I'm okay with it. It's yeah. not necessarily my cup of tea, but I get it. And if you're going to fill your fourth line with somebody like that, I'd rather it be, this may sound crazy, I'd rather be Corey Perry than Trevor Lewis. Okay, so that's that's kind of what I'm, how I would look at that. But regardless, you know, I, I yeah, I want my guys to be hard to play against. I want my guys to be, be in and engaged in battles. You know, Brant Clark, you know, I, you saw him against... I think it was Edmonton because he's playing the left side. Like he was boxing guys out at the top of the crease. Like he's not this like soft, doesn't want to touch anybody defenseman. You you want guys to actually be engaged. And so 
that to me that hard to play against doesn't mean I'm going to fight you or I'm going to hit you every time. It's just mean you're in that player's face. You're stopping on his checks. You're you're hard on back checks. You're in on four checks. Like that, you don't have to be this bruising, slow fighter to do to be hard to play against. You know, quite the opposite, in my opinion. Is there any is there any concern to you that, that with the Turcotte sit last game, or do you think it's just getting jazzed some ice time? I'm kind of I haven't I haven't seen anything. Uh, if I missed it, uh, it's, it's certainly possible. I was it's been a very busy weekend, but I take it as just an opportunity to get Jad into the lineup. I, I it's what I'm hopeful. Obviously, I kind of like what Turcotte's brought, so hopefully that's what that is. But yeah, that's what I think it is. <laughs> All right, let's. You brought it up a little bit here uh, earlier. This uh, Clark on the lefty. So because Anderson went out, they tried Clark on the lefty there. Uh, I was uh, busy the other night versus the Ducks, so you're gonna have to hold down on this segment there, Joey boy. <laughs> but uh, what did you think of Clark on the left side? Um, you know, I, I saw that there were some negatives. I saw that yep. there were some positives. But what, what did you think of his overall game? It was. I was gonna say everything I would have wanted it to be but you know it's for game one of him doing so um like i saw like so much in the first period i loved every second of it because you've got a guy who was willing to i thought he could have been more aggressive at times at the blue line when anaheim was looking at to the king zone but he was positionally fine but the way he was jumping up into the play the amount of times where a king's winger so him being on the left side the right D in this case was Roy was a little bit more uh, willing to go back, get pucks. Of course, that's the right D generally speaking in the King system. They can come out and it, what it does is when they're breaking out of that right side, it allows Clark to just jump up a little more. So there were times where the pass from the winger, so Roy would go to the winger, the winger's pass was going to Brent Clark in the neutral zone. And I'm like, that's what the Kings have been missing. They haven't had anything of the sort breaking out of the zone. And I loved that aspect of the game. Uh, so I think, you know, you're putting him on the left side. You, you have to be willing to accept a little bit of a give and take, uh, a little bit of riskier play. Uh, otherwise, why is he here? Why'd you draft him? Um, you've got to accept a little bit of, first of all, it's his first game on the left side extensively. So there's just naturally going to be some mistakes but to be honest at least in, especially the first period i thought he looked more comfortable on the left than he had all season on the right uh it, it, he seemed free uh the way he was skating the way he was playing and and there were times in the offensive zone where it almost shifted to like it was an umbrella so because he was on that left side he would kind of cheat down into the dot area a little bit mm -hmm. and then matt roy would swing up to the top if clark would get it he went to roy and roy would take the shots probably why roy had 10 freaking shots on goal yesterday. <laughs> that's probably not a mistake like an, an accident so there was a lot that i really really liked about clark's game on the left side and and i know it's not going to be perfect especially this early but I also hope they stick with it because I do think he can be a really, really good asset there on the left side. Just looking at <clears throat> just looking at some of his numbers, <clears throat> excuse me, from the game, he's 52% uh, in shot attempts. 
uh, and he was 55, just under 56% in expected goals was Brant Clark for the game. So it was on ice number. That was 1638 at five on five. So his on ice numbers were, were good. I won't say great just because the Kings as a whole were 58 in attempts uh, and 60% in expected goals. So like the whole team did quite well. So I'm not going to mm. praise Clark over the top with praise, but First game NHL extended time as a left defenseman, and you have positive numbers across the board. And to me, he did a lot of things that you would like to see him do. So I I liked it. I hope we see more of it. I fully acknowledge that you go in against, you know, an Edmonton team on the road. You know, they're they're gonna have to make a decision. Do they want Clark at the lefty or do they we'll we'll see how much they hate Moverari if we yeah. see Clark on lefty tomorrow? Because as much as I want to see that, it would surprise me a little because that's gonna be a tough task, you know, going to Alberta uh for back to backs um and having this kid play lefty. Again, I think he can handle it. I wanna see it. Um, but I'll I'll be interested to see if they go with that. Yeah, it's gonna I think it'll be tough for him. Now that you're saying that and how fast the, the movers are over there on, on the other side, it might be better to have Rivara and then have put him back on the right as much as I don't want to sit Spence. But, you know, I, I think it would be tough, you know, maybe try that on Calgary, even though Calgary's no slouch, you know, yeah. in their own They're barn on, on a back-to-back. So, yep. but sometimes you got to peel off the Band-Aid because if this has to work long-term, you know, the the Kings don't ever tell what's going on. Right. So, I mean, we don't know if Anderson's out for one game, two games, two months. So it, it might be the more more games he gets over there, the better for him, you know, or they can trust the guy that's just good in Mavra and figure that out there. So we'll see how that works out. Yeah. Again, I, I thought it was a really good and I thought Roy's a, just a perfect partner for him. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I really like that. I mean. You know, not for nothing. I mean, those numbers that I mentioned from expected, uh, or excuse me, from natural statric, he had better possession numbers than than England, but that was very close. But re- regardless, I mean, I, I I think we know my thoughts on England and where I, I think Clark can be a better option there. But, uh, you know, I, I thought it was a good first start. Growing pains are going to happen. Um, but if you're going to do that, you have to be willing to accept accept some of that, I think. It comes it comes with just those types of players. I mean, he's just the type of player like Fiala where you gotta accept the good with the bad because yep. you're gonna see the the drop plays where I mean Fiala, right? I think he's got three power play goals on the homestand. A lot of toe uh, toe drags now where we used to saw last year. So it's gonna be it's gonna be something that you're gonna take the good with the bad there, and there might be some really bad plays against uh, can, but can I say I I don't ever I don't know that I see have seen Clark be irresponsible. Like, if as an organization, if you're so worried about this, why are you drafting him? Yeah. What What is the point? He. I don't think he's he's been an irresponsible defenseman, whether it's the left or right, in his time in the NHL. It seems like he's. If I'd like to see him even be more willing to jump into plays, which is what I started to see last night against Anaheim as a lefty starting to jump up more. That's what I'm looking for out of him. Um, I don't know if the coaching staff agrees with that, but like 
why the hell did you draft him and why is he here? Don't be surprised that it's like, oh, Clark's here. He's jumping up into the play. Why is he doing that? Well, because that's his game. That's what he does. Yeah. Like if if you don't like that, send him back to to Ontario and and tell him to be a stay at home defenseman, and then go to your staff and say, why the hell did we draft this kid? Right. So like, you, there, there there can't be like this surprised look on everybody's face of when he jumps into play or looks to do something like that is the player he is understand that that and we and we hear like the player that he is yes you need him to be responsible you want him to be smart in those decisions and again like i said he's going to make mistakes but i haven't seen him be like this irresponsible type of defenseman where he's always getting caught out of position he's making stupid plays constantly left and right yada yada like it's 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 going to be a process as he grows into his game, but you've you've got to give him a little bit of a leash to do that. And I'm not saying Hiller has it. Like again, I, I don't know what Hiller's opinion was on Clark after the game. He, I, at least in the media availability that I saw, there wasn't any specific question about Clark. So I don't know how he thought about it. Clark on the left. Um, if I again, if he did say something, I missed it. You know, l- let me know if if somebody in the chat has seen it. But so I don't know what his thoughts were on it. So we'll find out, you know, against Edmonton, really, if he wants to stick with it. I mean, I liked the, what Marco Sturm said about Clark. <clears throat> I mean, Hey, we spent, we spent all of our time, you know, and even Clark said that we spent all my time working on my defensive side of the, of the yeah. game. And, and we don't touch him on the offensive side of the puck. We let him do what he wants to do. And like, that's like, that's the kind of thing that he needs. Like you, when you have that kind of, you know, like, like, I mean, I, I don't want to compare him to Patrick Mahomes, the greatest player in the NFL right now, but like you, he throws a lot of interceptions playing schoolyard ball, but he also wins a lot of football games playing schoolyard ball. And so like you, you got to take the good with the bad and, and he might, he might cough it up trying to make a play, but so does Fiala and so do other people. And but then you're also going to see a sauce from 40 feet across or, where he passes it off the back wall directly to PL, yep. PLD and buries it. So you're going to see both of those plays, and I, I would hate for them, uh, as Holden says right here, they said they were trying to take the rover out of Clark. I don't like hearing that. Yeah, like I mean, that's not his game. And, you know, you want to draft all these playmakers. You want to draft the McCars and the Foxes and, and the Heskins and stuff like that. But you got to take the, the high-end offensive play or the Quinn Hughes, right? Quinn Hughes had – one season, his rookie season with high in offensive play, the next season was really bad defensively. And now he's what, like fourth in points overall, not even just defenseman this year. Like you're going to see a lot of maybe volatility in the points and some, and maybe the plus minus, but overall, like those types of players can elevate your team when they're on. And I think it's just about picking your spots. Like, again, I mentioned on the breakouts, there were times when the forward for the Kings was hitting Clark in the neutral zone on a breakout pass. And Clark was kind of in turn leading the rush into the zone there. I got no problem with that. No problem with that because he's coming in usually through the center of the ice. I don't have an issue with that because the Kings are in possession of the puck. Like if, if he's routinely getting caught, behind the offensive goal line and there's an odd man rush coming back or stuff like that, or making really, really bonehead decisions with the puck on a consistent basis. And I'm just not seeing either of those. And I think it's going to be unfortunate if, and I'm not saying the coaching staff is doing this, if if 
people do what they did to Dursey, where every little mistake he made, they're just all over the kid. It's just like, and now look how well Dursey is playing. He's having a hell of a season yeah. in Arizona. He's a good defenseman. And people just, the, the negatives are way easier to see. You don't often see the little play that gets totally unnoticed, that gets a team totally out of trouble and maybe out of the zone clean that you wouldn't have ever picked up on. But you see the one bad pass that gets picked off. It's just like that is totally the wrong way to look at it, in my opinion. I think also is with those players that that are highly offensive skilled and trying to dance around and do those things. You know, it's like, okay, you're trying to make the extra play and then you cough up the puck by accident, you know, and it goes the other direction. Like, oh, why did you just make the the right play? But then we also get mad at offensive players for, oh, you know, why did you just dump it in? Why, why are you just dumping in the puck? You Thank know, because, you, you know, like we, you could have skated that across. You could have made an extra play, but then when they try to make the extra play and they cough it up. The Quinton Byfield, crucified. the Quinton Byfield, one of the goals of the season so far. He said himself last year, he probably just dumps the puck in, right? Why would he try to take on a guy, try to split two defensemen, make a play, go over this crate? Because that could have easily been a turnover, and it's coming back the other way, and everybody on Twitter is losing their mind. McClellan benches him, and this and this and this. Let your freaking players make plays, period. Like, if he's got the confidence to do it, that should be encouraged. Let him go make a damn play. Why do you want your guys just dumping the pocket? Absolutely not. So that is what I'm talking about. I'm so glad you said that, Randon. It's like I'm, the safe play doesn't get criticized, although it should sometimes. Like that play with Byfield. If he just dumps that in, nobody says anything. He goes to the bench, and that's that. Whereas if he were to try to beat the guy, it gets stuffed, it goes back the other way, and it's an odd man rush. Everybody wants to kill him. Meanwhile, everybody right now is talking about how he scored the goal of the season because such an offensive play. That doesn't happen unless you are willing to let your creative players create, right? That is where I'm coming from with my whole philosophy, basically, of, of how to play hockey is let your players create. Let your creative players that are confident in doing so, let them do it. That's Byfield. That's Clark. That's Fiala. Does that mean there's going to be a mistake sometimes? Yes. Does that mean there's going to be a turnover sometimes? Yes. But if you are doing your job and you're trusting, you're putting those players and they're developing the way that you expect them to, the good is going to far outweigh the bad. And that's yes. what it's all about. And the fact that you got to trust your team. If, if you cough it up, you got to trust your team. You got to trust your goalie to make a save. You got to trust your defense to get back and, and, in, and it just it, that's part of playing team hockey. Like you gotta you gotta trust your teammates to pick you up when you're down. Um, just like Clark, you know, picked his team up after he making a bad penalty, game winning goal, right? So let's. Uh, I, I think it's just something that that needs to continually get looked on here as a positive and and yeah. rather than rather than a negative. Yeah, sure, yeah. we don't want the turnovers, but driving play is gonna far outweigh the bad, as you, as you said. So. Let's get into our ad here uh, with DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, you know, you guys want to make some money here going into March uh, in, the, in tax season and everything like that. We know hockey games move fast, but DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. 
Hey, Kings have some big games going up. Do you want to parlay the game against Edmonton and against Calgary? You can do that on DraftKings. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now with code THPN. New customers can get five bucks on in the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Code THPN. The crown is yours. So let's get into here the road trip coming up, going across the Canadian border. Some big games coming up, playoff implications. Kings are tied right now. Points there, Mr. Paterino. Yeah. Uh, big game here going into Edmonton, uh, breaking through the snow to get down into Alberta, uh, playing the Flames right after that. What have you seen from the Kings so far? Obviously, you know, Edmonton, not as hot as they were hitting 14 straight or 15 straight, uh, yep. but they're still a good team. They still got a good roster. Yep. Kings are playing a lot better. What do you think are the keys to the game here go- going into Monday night? Well, they've got a tricky on the road they've got a you know really obvious statement here find a way to limit i'm not even going to say keep mcdavid dry saddle off the board that's just so hard to do but you got to find a way to limit it the scary thing about this is you know they have the matchup the kings are out one of their <clears throat> top defensive defensemen in mikey anderson and they don't have its last change so this is certainly an opportunity for McDavid and Dreisaitl to potentially feast on, we'll see. We'll see what the matchup says. And I say feast, I mean, it just depends. Like, I I, I know they're not going to always be out there against England or anything like that, but um, it's, it's going to be a tough task for the LAD. This is why you went and got Pierre-Luc Dubois. This is why you got that strength down the middle to be able to help and be an asset and be be a tough line to play against no matter what of the four lines is on the ice. This is this is the type of, of, of game that you got or you know, at team like Edmonton that you're you're getting him for. Um now the tough part really is Edmonton at home, big game against the D core that's missing one of their top guys. You know, this could be a game where Edmonton puts a few pucks into that, and the Kings have not scored lately at five on five. So that becomes difficult if they cannot score with Edmonton, which lately they just have not shown that they've been able to do. Uh, conversely, Edmonton's having a hard time keeping the puck out, so maybe something has to give here. But uh, it's it's going to be a really tall task for the Kings Monday night in Edmonton. Jacob A coming in there. The, the whole Pacific is cooling down. You look at our opponents here. Uh, the Canucks are four, five, and one in their last ten. Calgary though seven and three, winning three straight, and Edmonton four, five, and one as well. So Kings are seven, two, and one in their last ten. So the hottest, one of the hottest teams here out of the four. So it's going to be interesting to see which gives. Like you said, I think the I think the keys of the game are goalies are going to need to make saves. Back-to-back, you know, you're flying, get going. Uh, tough game in overtime against Anaheim. I think the goalies are going to need to come up big. Who would you start game one? Um, Ritter's kind of cooled off a little bit. Talbot had a decent game the other night. You going Ritter then Talbot, or you flipping them? Yeah, I, I don't have a strong opinion here. Um, I'd go Riddich, though. Uh, I'll go yeah. Dave Riddich and then uh, Talbot on, on Tuesday. I'm, I'm good with that, but I'm, I'm not exactly going to, like, lose sleep if they have for Talbot either. Um, so I don't have a strong yeah. opinion uh, on, on the goalie. I think my second key to the game is going to be our, like what we just talked about, our players got to make plays. So the strong players got to come in. Brent, uh, not Brent Clark, but Quentin Byfield, 
dominant so far this whole season. We're going to see what he can do now. Second half of the season, Fiala's coming on the last couple. Power play, um, which we will get into, one of the tops in the Liga after January 1st. So we got to take advantage. If there's any of those, those crusty plays that we often see from the Oilers, this check to the back of the knees where they give you free penalties, that's where you got to make them pay is on the scoreboard. Um, and the special teams, you know, PK is looking good still. So, yeah, Sai, special teams is going to be huge to win this matchup uh, going into tomorrow night. Uh Hold a 92. Trevor Moore needs to start scoring again. Hasn't scored in forever. Your boy, you need to give him cool. some juice there. Uh, Jay Paterina, your your quest for 30 is uh, slowing down here uh, in the second half. I think he's on pace now. He was on pace at one point. Yeah, he, he was on pace at once for like 40 goals. I think right now it might be like right at 30. I think it's been 11 yeah. games since he scored. Uh, this has got to change. Uh, he you know, as a couple people in the chat have mentioned, the five-on-five five scoring has completely dried up. Uh, that whole line, well, I mean, Fiala's scored in the power play, but but Deneau hasn't done anything offensively. Trevor Moore hasn't scored. In, yeah, Carter scores. Deneau, one goal in 15 games. Same same with Trevor Moore. That is not good enough from, from you know, your second line, really. Um, I don't think they've played poorly, but there's certainly there's just no finish right now, and it's not just those two, uh, but no finish. They're getting nothing from the back end other than Drew Doughty. Uh, and well, it's, well it's, thanks thanks for teeing it up, J uh, J W. There we get into scoring <laughs> question mark. So the Kings have had a parity, uh, like I mentioned, January since January first. Kings, I believe, are sixth overall in power play percentage. So that has, was it January first or February first. January 1st. January 1st. Sixth in power play percentage, uh, and but they are dead last in shooting percentage, right? On five on five is what you said? They For the season, they're dead last in five on yeah. five. Yeah, and I think the last 20 games, they are, if they're not dead last, they're like in the bottom two or three. Um, they're shooting at five on five, four point, it was under 5%. I forget the exact decimal at this point but it was less than five percent i think the next closest team was over six that's how bad the finishing has been at five on five and this is the season as a whole this includes the start of the season when you had you know trevor lewis was chipping in a couple goals trevor moore was scoring every other game so this includes that stretch it has been brutal right now at five on five um i you know i i don't think though if I look at like their expected goals for per 60, like I don't think there's been a drastic change there. So, you know, and to me, it's like this eventually has to turn around. Mm-hmm. Like you can't go this, this route. I mean, they're fifth in the league in the NHL and expected goals for per 60 yet. They are that, that is for the last month. Excuse me. That's for the last month. They're fifth in the NHL yet. They have, the worst shooting percentage. At, they're shooting five percent the last month, tied with Ugh. the Chicago Blackhawks. So it's not exact like it's not got any better. But yet, like I said, expected goals four per sixty five on five. They're in the top five. So they're doing a lot of things well. Um, they're not finishing. I just wonder though. Their rush chances, I think, have gone down. They are not. It's been more north, south, less east, west. And we talked early in the season. I think you said early in the season 
where you had heard or read something about how the Kings scoring off the rush was a lot more. They were doing a lot more east-west and getting the yeah, the PDO, moving. PDO cast, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know that that's happening quite as much. Um, but, you know, I also think part of it is when you're shooting that low of a shooting percentage, listen, some of this is just puck luck. Um, and it, it's going to ha- – I say it has to. I guess it doesn't have to. But, you know, it probably should be expected that it's going to turn around at some point. So, yeah, I mean, just to refresh everybody, the PDO cast said that the Kings offense is so, you know, so good is because the way they attack, they're not only attacking north-south, but east and west at the same time. So, you know, you know, uh, that was early in the season. Early in the season, yeah. We've been in and out uh, on the rush. So they're getting a lot more rush chances. They're counterpunching to people. So they're making people pay off the rush uh, after playing not only the one three one, but taking the aggressive pass, pushing the, the pace up ice, and then weaving in and out, you know, trying to the, take it from the outside to in, uh, the forward would cut back behind them, and you're you're creating mismatches with the eyes uh, for the goalie and then defenders because generally a lot of people on the rush play man, um, and so they, they pick up somebody up there, or the goalie says, hey, I got that guy, or, or, or what have you, and then when you're crisscrossing as you're on the rush, it opens up chances for drop passes and everything like that to get uh, shots off. So the Kings have been, I think, just snake bitten. I think a lot of people are pressing to where, oh, I got to get this shot off. You know, and we've also had seen those where Kempe just takes it up the wing and he's one on one with the goalie and just buries it. And we haven't seen that in a while either. So yeah. a lot of things haven't been going right with the shots. Um, you know, incredibly snake bitten. Uh, I think the one game that we saw a couple lasers was from PL Dubois, uh, you know, with the pass from um, Clark off the wall. And he just hammers that thing top shelf. So we'll see. We'll see if they can get this thing going. I mean, it doesn't even have to be eight, nine, ten percent. Like, let's just get to seven. Two percent <laughs> higher. And we'll start seeing a lot of these go in uh, over the time period. Now, it's been not a problem on the power play so yeah where where's the discrepancy here is it just the style of play is it the shot itself or are you throwing up a a, a dark light bulb here and you don't really have an idea of what the cause is no i mean we've seen drew dowdy score so you know every now and then, i think he just did it against and he takes a, the clapper from the point fiala has scored power play goals i think he's got three games in a row with a power play goal when you have a shooter like that you're getting into an opportunity to shoot the puck from a good area. He think he's done it from both the left and the right circle. Um, those are a little bit more likely for me because usually where the passes are coming from is is probably either from down low but or, or, or from, from the cross seam. So it's a little bit more of a... I believe that a little bit more, if that makes sense. Like that, that's more frequent to happen rather than, I mean, if Dowdy gets it and just hammers it from the point, like... You know, I, I I guess although the goal he had yesterday when they the camera worked in really slow mo, like the, he the way he drew the puck in, it wasn't a typical Dowdy just bomb from the point that finds its way through. It was it was a really really good shot where he pulled it in toward his body, around the defender, around the penalty kill, the top killer. So, you know, I I don't know that there's been. I mean, obviously the Dubois one you mentioned uh, was on a power play off the play from Clark, uh, off the off the. Uh, you know, off the end wall. So I don't know 
you know, if it's if it's anything that's too drastic that's necessarily changed. But the power play is for all the heat that it was that it had taken during the start of the season, and you know, it's fair, deservedly so. It's been really good. You know, like I said, oh, since January first, it's or you said it's uh, what sixth in the NHL in in percentage at at twenty nine percent. So there's there's a lot that's going well with the power play, and I want to see. It looks like for the season they've jumped all the way to ninth. So, yeah, power, power play that bad, you know. I, I, it's 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 granted it's been hot, especially lately, but um, it's kind of it's funny that early who got month, called up around that time. Oh shoot, Brent I forget Clark, his baby. name. There it is. It's it, it's uh, it's funny how early in the season they couldn't score on the power play. It was all five on five, and now it's just the inverse. Uh, yeah. They're scoring only on the power play and nothing at five on five. It's been a couple games since they scored a five on five goal, so that's that's obviously a problem. I would take a, an amalgamation of both of those. It'd be like, nice. That would be you nice. know twelfth in the league. We don't need to be ninth. You know we don't need to be first overall since January. Twelfth in the league there, and then some more five on five. It would be, uh, it, it would be nice there. But I got I got to give stick taps to a, to a player here since Hiller came in. Pierre Dubois playing outstanding, drawing the most penalties in the league. Uh, so he's and he's showing a more aggressiveness, scoring some goals, assists, carrying his line uh, night in and night out. Uh, I don't care what little small game they're playing every single night with his checklist from Hiller. Uh, it's working, you know, and sometimes you need to have a bucket list, man. I mean, I went I went two months without getting dryer sheets because it wasn't written on my whiteboard. White, write it on the whiteboard. Got it within one week after that. So if you put in front of you what you need to do on a day to day basis, sometimes the that can that can help. And uh, he's really been uh, playing some, uh, you know, playing some some good hockey. And can I say it's it's that's kind of the you know the coach is trying to get the best out of every player, and every player is a little bit different in how you get the best out of him. Yeah, and. You know, it's easy to say, well, he's making eight and a half million. Isn't that enough? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's a fair uh, statement, I guess. But I'm. you don't have it every day that you go to the office. I know I don't have it every day that I go to the office. And some days it's a little bit different. Some days you got a little, it's a little bit tougher to get motivated. And whatever Hiller is doing, that's his job, is to try to figure out a way that makes this player tick. And if he's doing it, that's all that matters, you know. Uh, the player is evidently responding to it, uh, whatever it is. So that's the important thing: is the player, the coach, recognizing the player is struggling, and how do we unlock this? What do we have to do to get this going? And you know, early results have been positive, so he's playing that much more. He's playing much better. Uh, so. I think it's great. I mean, that's it. Shouldn't like you said, it shouldn't matter. It, 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 the coach is trying to just trying to get whatever he can do to get a player going, and whatever it is, it's working. Well, we got we got some key games coming up here. Uh, we're playing Edmonton, uh, tied with us in points. Calgary's right behind us, seven points behind. Yeah, uh, there and Vancouver is is clearly in front. Uh, I don't know about you, Joe. I, I would take four on this road trip. I mean, you got a back-to-back. You got three and four days. You're flying over 2,000 miles into Canada. A lot of travel. I think a good road trip would probably be four or five out of six. Um, a great road trip would be all six. We'd love to see that. A nice little sweep in Canada. But, I, I mean, four would be a good road trip for me. 
four would be good. Five would be anything above four is great for me. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. It's the, what you don't want, you don't want to get swept. <laughs> you don't want to yeah. go over the over the week. A very obvious statement, but um, you know that that would really. You know, but it's tough, right? You got the back to back. Edmonton Calgary is tough, and Vancouver for. You know, I know nobody believes in them this year, but they keep doing it, and that's that's a good hockey team. So that's going to be a very tough one too. So uh, I would agree with you that that four would be would be good. I would say four was actually is is really good to get two wins on this trip. So you know, if you look at three points, I think I would. I, if you told me right now that the Kings would get three points on this trip, I would take it. Well, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little greedy, so I'd like to get some <laughs> four, four or more. Davo, I'd happy you with three. Um, you know, just keep 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 pace there. Kings have got one of the easier schedules down the stretch, right? Yes. And not not that we don't want to win against uh, playoff teams because we're going to have to do that later on. Uh, but if we come out here 500 and then we play some easier teams, get some points down the stretch uh, and and solidify. Um, one more question for you, Joe. You got We got three options here. Playing Dallas, Edmonton, or Vegas, who do you want in the first round? If I have to pick between those three, I'm picking Vegas. Fairly comfortably too, because of the way they, the style that they play, is fine with Los Angeles. Uh, that's not to say they'd be easy. Not to say that Kings would be favored or anything like that. I mean, we'll see. Obviously, the deadline's still coming, so changes whatever for for multiple teams. But I, I really don't like the matchup with Dallas or Edmonton. Oh, do you mean the 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 yearly Vegas LTIR limbo <laughs> that they're about to happen? Uh, whoever posted that meme, whoever posted that meme that I that I retweeted with uh, Kurt Angle, like like breaking Vince McMahon's ankle, and it's like this happens every season uh, for for Vegas. Uh, that, that had me cracking up. But that hey. was very funny. Although the Kings probably don't have anything to say this year, where they've got two guys that are on, a couple guys on LTIR themselves. I mean, we haven't done it three seasons in a row. We're about to <laughs> to 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 do some cap limbo here, uh, which you know. They have three and I think three and a half mil rest tweeted out. Plenty of space if they want to go get a goalie, if they want to go get another forward, a defenseman. Rob Blake, this is your time to shine, big guy. Like, let's go out here and let's make a move and let's push towards uh, May. But appreciate you guys coming in the chat. Thank you guys for strong. Please hit that like button on the way out. We always appreciate it. We still have our Trevor Moore shirts. We're working on some new uh, shirts going in here for March, but we still have sizes available, small through extra large. $30 right now, orders uh, to contact at hockeyroyalty.com, and then we can Venmo. If you need anything but Venmo, uh, Russell will be able to accommodate you. Just get DM him with those. So get your shirts there uh, for the for the rest of the Hey, they're Trevor Moore shirts. We need more shirts being bought so that way he can score more goals. You know, we got That's that's how it works there. Some good mojo. Uh, follow us there at hockey underscore royalty, uh, NHL Russell, JW Paterino, Random Commander 24, and all your rain coverage at – Kopitar for HOF. Big road trip here, guys. So let's get some points. Let's narrow it down. Let's push towards the playoffs. And as always on this podcast, go Kings go.